I'm Amber Brooks, a defender for the OL Reign, and I'm listening to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 61 of the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. So we're just going to get this out of the way right now. Our friend Omari is busy with a myriad of things, which, I mean, we're all busy, um, but he will be taking a, a, a hiatus, which, you know, understandable. We're all going through, oops, uh, we're all going through different things. Um, it's a busy time right now so omari will not be with us uh for i think a good amount of the episodes going forward um but you know uh we're planning to have our tiox draft preview next week so hopefully we can get them on uh for that because that's uh kind of a big thing considering the draft is uh next uh the 29th um so there we go um let's get right into it with the well we're joined by bennett also I have to mention that bennett is here it's not just myself didn't yes. want to didn't want to forget about bennett he's still here don't worry about it um so draft preview will be next week uh re-agency uh, on wednesday the team hosted pass rusher alden smith for a visit now there will be uh, a couple of things to note here about mr smith from the past week um the team this is continuing off the wednesday announcement the team did try to trade for smith during last year's trade deadline but the cowboys did not want to trade him uh, he registered five sacks last year and saw a sort of career resurgence uh, had a really good start to his career in san francisco um and then things since then have kind of been difficult for him but he had a good good year last year um but let's continue on on thursday the team would officially sign on smith to a one-year deal you know bolstering the pass rush a little bit more but then Monday, the day that we're recording this, uh, Alden Smith uh, is reportedly wanted by the Louisiana police for allegedly second-degree battery on April 17th. Now, um, the team did put out uh, a statement. They said that uh, Alden um, had informed them of the situation and that, uh, I believe, let me find it just so that I don't mince words or uh, say anything incorrect. Um Oh, wait, it's on Seahawks PR, not the official Seahawks Twitter. Seahawks PR. Um, We are aware of the reports regarding Alden Smith. Alden notified us, and we are gathering more information. We have no further comment at this time. So um, I'm going to say the same thing. I mean, obviously, it looks bad, but considering what happened recently with Aaron Donald, with the whole situation just not being true, it's important with a lot of these news stories where things well even news stories in general it's important to gather facts before you make a decision and even in life it's important to not just kind of trust anything necessarily right as it comes to you obviously it depends on the situation but this will be something that should be monitored um and until then until we gather more information and learn the story uh, more in depth it's it's something that um i don't really think there's much to comment about I mean, I don't think there's anything we can really say because we don't have all the information. Um, Bennett, do you have anything to add on to that? I should probably unmute myself when I try to talk on Zoom. I mean, yeah, I think that it's one of those things where you just have to be really careful um, making any assumptions about what's going on because there's no real way to get the full story, as you've said. So, and and you don't want to mince the words of anybody involved, so be it the Seahawks organization, Alden Smith, uh, the police, or whatever. You just, you don't want to, um, 
you, you don't want to like make a claim that you can't back up quite yet so i just it, it, it is a bummer it's a bummer because i mean this is a like a, this is a second year in a row we've had something like this where we get a guy that we're somewhat excited about he gets into legal troubles and then we have to start worrying about that and i think it does murky up it does murk up how we go about some of our other signings in my opinion um but i just i just i don't want to make any assumptions yet so it's something that's in development you know what i mean yeah and i even i, I forgot about that with mr dunbar and that incident and it was something that you know and we get the trade and then we hear about the things with DeAndre Baker. And that's obviously a thing that happened um, that, you know, affected the situation. I'm sure from what I read uh, from some of the Seahawks reporters, it was something that was on his mind, you know, it played an impact on him. Uh, so it, it's just something to monitor uh, and just kind of wait on it. But yeah, it, 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 it provides some uncertainty going forward just because of, we, you know, the fact that we don't know any, everything, um, so we'll pay attention to that. Um, yeah, that's all I can say about that. It's something to monitor and, you know, there's nothing really too concrete right at the moment to put into it. Cause as far as we know, that's the headline we've got is that there's a warrant out for his arrest and that there's alleged battery. So we'll, we'll continue to monitor that. Uh, and then another Seahawks free agency, Seattle was interested in signing Marquise Goodwin who had signed with Chicago but the report is that Seattle is high on Freddie Swain being a complimentary piece to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. That would mean him being the third wide receiver. Interesting to see that. Um, Cause obviously I guess they did show interest in Marquise Goodwin, the guy who's been in the league has got speed has dealt with some injury issues. Um, but I, apparently they trust Swain going forward to be the third guy. I find that to be, I find that to be interesting. The Seahawks have showed sometimes that they have some trust issues with people who don't immediately develop. <laughs> Rashad Penny. Um, so I I kind of like that they're putting a vote of trust into Freddie Swain. However, Freddie Swain notably had a pretty good rookie year. I mean, it wasn't flashy or anything, nothing like DK, but like, Okay, putting up any rookie against DK is not fair because he had a monster freshman season just like some of the other wide receivers from that class, but, um, you know, would have been cool to get somebody, Mark, you said Marquise Goodwin, right? I yep. Sure. yep. Um, it would be cool to get somebody like Marquise Goodwin, but I think, uh, Freddie Swain, he's got some good skills to him. He's got some speed, but what I really like about him, he's got some, like, he, he kind of has some hunk on him. Uh, I don't, I don't mind that in a receiver. I don't know how to put it without being like, I like a bigger receiver. I guess I can say that. Um, Because I do. Uh, I think they, he would be really complimentary to DK and Tyler if he's kind of best of both worlds between them. Uh, I think I could see him fitting into a David Moore type of role, which is what he's filling. So I like this too. It's uh, something to, to note is also the, Shane Waldron hiring and the sort of ways that they used personnel down there in LA um, because, you know, in discussions I've had, he could be anywhere from the third option to, you know, like fifth or sixth, you know? So it's, it's interesting to see how he'll be used this year in that new offense. Um, and like you said, it's not like he was just a guy who out there and had a ton of drops. 
what's his name? <clears throat> Malik Turner. Um, God, it pissed me off. Um, but he he had times. I remember his first touchdown came against the New England Patriots in that game. He came on a a crosser and he scored that touchdown. Uh, he had I know remember he had a couple here and there. I remember there was a game against the Jets. He had one. Um, so you know he had a I would say a, a productive year, and um, it'll be interesting to see how he does. Obviously, like Bennett said, there have been guys over the years who they've had trust in who don't exactly necessarily merit that trust sometimes uh i know that our friend cj process was here for a decent amount of time despite the hardships he uh battled um but it'll uh it seems like wide receiver is not a position that the team is worried about addressing uh and i that's that's kind of why i don't necessarily see that being something for the draft i know that some people have floated rondale moore out of purdue but i don't I don't, I don't think with the – obviously, the draft capital could change between now and even during the draft because, as we've seen throughout the years, that's happened. But I don't think Seattle targets anybody with a high pick um, on, at the wide receiver position. So, And also, like, as of right now, let's be clear that we – I mean, we don't have a first-round pick. So unless we trade somebody nearer, nearer to the draft, which could happen – um, I don't think I see, I don't think I see any of our first picks going to an offensive skill position. And In the fact, key, key point is skill position. Yeah. Like I wouldn't see us drafting an offensive skill position until like maybe the fifth round. Like I, I, I just yeah. I don't see. I can I see a later pick. I could see a later pick, maybe if there's a wide receiver or a tight end that we've been looking at for some time that we just want to pick up, maybe. Yeah. Um, that's what uh, I was kind of thinking. I was thinking maybe a later pick, they go for a guy at the skill position. Uh, I think the running back room is full. I don't think you can really insert anybody into there. Uh, no real reason I, to draft a quarterback. Hmm? No real reason to draft a quarterback. Nah, bring back coin toss Gino. Uh, um he's still a free agent i'm surprised i don't know what the uh what the current plan is i'm sure we're letting him test the waters yeah i don't i don't know how much of gino's market there is with magoo oh god um but yeah i don't think wide receivers anything to worry about um speaking of guys skill positions russell wilson and sierra did host their vaccination special on sunday Uh, the event was aimed at educating and spreading awareness of the country on those who watched uh, about the COVID-19 vaccines. It was also supposed to feature uh, President Joe Biden. I was at work, so I was not. They peep it either. Um, but it's important to note that, you know, what, with a lot of this uh, this pandemic, there's been false information that's been spread about these things. I got my first shot uh, earlier in the month. All that I, I got Pfizer. Uh, all that I experienced was that my arm was sore that day a little sore the next day and I was tired when I got home, but I worked that day. So tired comes with it. Um, so it's just important to really educate yourself. I know that uh, former running back Marshawn Lynch had a special with Dr. Fauci um, about vaccinations and educating those who might not be sure about it. Uh, I still have to watch that. I know that's got to be pretty funny because just about everything that Marshawn touches is gold at this point. Um, so 
it, it's important to educate yourself really and not just buy into what Billy Bob on Facebook says about these vaccines. Uh, and then news that might mm-hmm. not get the biggest headlines. Uh, team president Chuck Arnold was extended through yeah. the 2021 season. Uh, Arnold took over team president role in 2018 uh, and he wanted to thank uh, Jody Allen for uh, her commitment to the team, as well as just uh, allowing the organization to run the way it has. So uh, I don't necessarily know how much impact that's got on the team, but cool to see another Chuck in power. Uh, around the league, uh, there are some important things to note. Uh, Tuesday, the entire Denver Broncos team decided to opt out of in-person voluntary workouts as the NFLPA pushes for an all-virtual offseason. Later in the day, the Seahawks and the Buccaneers would do the same. I know that uh, other teams have joined them, but something that people seem to forget is the word voluntary, which means that it's not mandatory. It's something that they can choose to elect to not do anyway. And people are all, oh, you know, there's the whole, oh, you play football, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, it was already a voluntary thing. Um, So, you know, um. Uh, The NFL sent out a memo to all teams encouraging all players and staff to get the uh, vaccine unless there is some bona fide reason that they have to not do so. Um, The NFL clarified off-season rules. Events that are currently voluntary will stay voluntary, but June mini camps are still mandatory. The league is against a virtual off-season. The NFL decided to not add a sky judge, something that we talked about a few weeks ago. Uh, The wave, I almost said the Wavens. The Ravens withdrew their proposal to add official to the press box during games. Why they withdrew that proposal, I don't know. I think that's a good idea, but uh, we won't have the sky judge this year. Uh, And then booth the ref communication may change for referees. The rule change that would expand the role of repay official is expected to pass for the 2021 NFL season. If you pay attention at all to baseball in general, you know that these replay officials are kind of important. Uh, as long as they're done correctly. So looking ahead, uh, the NFL draft starts on April 29th and runs through May 1st. We will have our draft preview uh, next week. Uh, That will be the 27th is when that will drop. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, Obviously something that's keeping putting out there. There's all the pressures on Seattle to do this and that with a limited draft stock. I guarantee you they don't end up with just three picks. I'm sure there'll be at least a couple more. I don't know if they'll, you know, find a way to have a complete draft, but there's no way. He's going to do his thing. I mean, like he always does his thing. And I mean, our draft, our draft stock isn't good in terms of early rounds, but we usually walk away with a good amount of picks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, that that usually, I mean, sometimes that ends up being a, uh, I don't know, like uh, Malcolm Smith. No, he was undrafted. And sometimes it ends up being not a great thing. Sometimes it ends up being DK Metcalf. So you kind of take the good with the bad. Um, it, 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 something I was thinking about when we were talking earlier was because of Alden Smith, you know, say that things go over fine and, you know, you've got 11 guys on the D-line on the roster. That's highly unlikely to stay at that number. So D-line might be a position – or we might see a trade. Uh, but yeah, like I said, probably really unlikely that we see that draft capital stay where it is. Uh, let's get into something that I've been really excited to talk about since last uh, yesterday's game, Seattle Mariners Ball Club. Uh, April 13th at the Baltimore Orioles, they won 4-3 to three in eight innings because of the uh, doubleheader. 
thank Baltimore for not having a roof. Uh, the team had to play two double headers in that series. So they won the series, but they won the series, uh, and I think they won three out of the four games in those two double headers. But you know, I think ballpark should have roofs unless you're in Texas. Highly unlikely. Uh, player of the game for that game was Kyle Seager with two hits, one RBI, one walk, and the go-ahead RBI double in that extra inning. April 13th in the second game of that doubleheader, uh, the team would lose 7-6. to six. Uh, Jose Marmleos would hit two home runs, two hits, sorry, one run and three RBIs for player of the game. April 15th in the first game of the second doubleheader, uh, the team would beat the Orioles 4-2. to two. Uh, Player of the game, I split it. Uh, Mitch Hanager, uh, one hit, one run, two RBIs. And then Marco Gonzalez did rebound well. Uh, from a, a tough start, uh, five innings pitch, two in runs, five Ks. Had a tough start, and after those two runs, he didn't give up anymore. Yeah. Uh, the second... He's he's having. I think he needs to regain his footing. We can talk about that more later, but he needs to. I think I think uh, maybe like in a, a a third of the way in, we should like sort of take a just take a step back and look at the stuff, just because you know things things change throughout 162 games, you know. So uh, we'll take a look at that. But yeah, Marcos struggled. Uh, he had a better outing after the after he struggled initially in that game. But yeah, he's the first few games for him have not been good. Um, but he said he's a guy that he'll continue to work at it. So I, I trust in that. Um, oops. Uh, yeah, the uh, second game of that doubleheader, the team would win two to one. Again, I had Mitch Hanniger here with two hits, one run, one RBI. Uh, he homered in both games during the doubleheader. So that pretty good. And then Justin Dunn had a good outing with five innings pitched, one and run, and six Ks. Um, so good, good for him to sort of bounce back here. I remember, I think it was the the White Sox. Uh, his start against the White Sox, he kind of he had a good outing, and then he kind of struggled and gave gave us some runs for the end of his yeah. uh, his innings there. And then we get into the series with the Astros here. Now this was a lot of fun. Uh, wow. w- welcome back the Astros to T-Mobile Park uh, with fans in attendance. Uh, the team would win on April 16th, 6-5. to five. Uh, Play of the game would be Ty France with two hits. That was run. a freaking bonkers game. <laughs> two RBIs and the walk-off double. Um, geez, I mean, the only sore spot would be that the, the game on the 17th that the team would lose one to nothing. But it's one to nothing, and Zach Greinke had a, a, an yeah. incredible and outing. Good picture, picture to begin with. Uh, so... I mean, like, the dude's got a 2.8 ERA after four starts, so it's like you're not struggling. So. It's a one nothing game. It's not like we got blown out of the water. I mean, Chris Flexen, 16 innings pitched, one and run, three Ks, and no walks. He had a good outing. Not just, bad at all. So, uh, and then the final game of the series, April 18th, versus the Astros, the team would win in a resounding 7-2 to victory. Uh, hard uh, to pick just one, so I put – both Ty France and Mitch Hanniger up here. Ty France, two hits, two runs, three RBIs, and a walk. Mitch Hanniger, very similar stat line with two hits, two runs, three RBIs. Doesn't get the walk like Ty. But, man, like you were saying, uh, <laughs> this team continues to fight uh, when they're down. And, I mean, it, it seems like they continue to have fun. I noticed uh, that if you look at some of these guys on social media, they're all they're hyping each other up. They're seeming to have fun. Tom Murphy and Mitch Hanniger aren't guys that – Will necessarily get too excited during these games, but they've they've been showing emotion. So you know, um, it's it's obviously there are the people that go, oh, they do this every early year, blah blah blah. blah. But again, it has to be remembered that this is 
not this the same expected to do this like last year kind of the same thing we didn't really expect them to do this this year we super didn't expect them to do this well and then you know it's important to note that this isn't just like the teams from 13 and 14 and 15 and 16 where they were like adding guys for patchwork and trying to make the playoffs right. this team at least for us this team's like still early you know so to see them win I think four out of the five series that they've played and the one series they did not win was against the White Sox who are probably gonna make a strong playoff run uh barring you know any sort of change it, it's, it's exciting uh the team is 10 and 6 first in the AL West and has the third best record in the American League oh, yeah. behind Boston and Kansas City who have also kind of had surprising starts but um it's exciting yeah. and considering the the youth of this team and the guys who aren't Kyle Lewis hasn't played yet. And he's he's supposed to be back this week. I haven't heard anything concrete. Um he's not, right. he's not in the lineup as of Monday, I don't think. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I haven't heard anything that would say he would be, you know. So I heard this week. So we'll we'll look to that. Uh later today is the first game of the Dodgers series, a two game series. I, I hate calling it a series, a two game. I don't know. It feels weird. But um I would be happy just splitting. I would uh, just winning a game against the defending champions who are, who I, I assume just got better. I mean, as much as I don't like the guy, Trevor Bauer is a pretty hefty addition. Yeah. Um, and they still got Mookie Betts and uh, Cody Bellinger. Um, I could go down the roster, but you know, it'll be, it'll be fun to watch those games. Uh, so for player of the week, I found it hard to not pick Mitch Hanniger again. Um, I was looking at Ty France here and it would be, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be wrong to put him here either, but I, I feel like Mitch Hanniger has been lighting it up so far this year. And is I mean, to see him play like this after not playing in a game since July of 2019, uh, you know, just great outing so far. And he, he takes my slot. Uh, mine is going to be Tyson Frances. Uh, I think he had a good, a really good week this week, and I think that um, just those last two games in the Houston Astros series really showed off that, I mean, not only is he a good hitter, but he has some baseball clutch to him, and I think in baseball, football, you can make the argument that clutch isn't a real thing. Like, your whole team contributes to the clutch. Baseball, one man can just change the entire game, and that's what I think we saw at Ty France in this Houston game on a Saturday. Um... No, 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 Friday. He came in there down, or, yeah, tied 5-5, hit that ground rule double, and won the game. So, also, walk-off ground rule double. (laughs) Never seen that before, so that was kind of cool. I I like seeing him so consistency, but my special mention goes to Evan White. He is starting to find some footing in his hitting, finally hit a 390-foot dinger uh, against the Orioles. Uh, and I like to see him do that. It's kind of like, um, you know, he does have some pop, but you don't really see him get the chance to use it all that often. So it's nice to see him kind of gain his footing in that regard. Um, and just to see him continue to work on that hitting is, is is nice to see. And I think that was one of the things we talked about in our preview, too. Like, Evan White's got to get that hitting down. And, you know, he's starting to do it. So, um I think as a team, our bats are on fire, which is really cool to see. 
especially with guys like Kyle Seeger, who has a better batting average than his brother for maybe the first time in his life. Um, so it's just it's it's nice to see this all go down, and um, I am I I am cautiously excited. <laughs> I am cautiously excited. Um, it's it's yeah. I mean, goodness. I was excited. I was really excited coming back on Sunday and, you know, just ready to talk about these guys and get getting ready to just continue to see this season happen. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see Ty France's role with this team going forward uh, because he's playing DH mostly, but he'll fill in at second base from time to time. And that could be a spot he fits in. I mean, Dylan Moore's kind of been struggling a little bit on the offensive side of the ball. Um, so if we can, if you've got an infield of Evan White, Ty France, uh, JP Crawford and Kyle Seager doesn't sound like a bad uh, infield at all. It's not a bad. It's not a um, bad. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, you couldn't go wrong with either guy there. So, Mitch Hanniger and Ty France are players of the week for this week. Um, this is where I have to get to the disappointing stuff. Uh, injury news: James Paxson on Tuesday, Scott Service announced that Paxson would undergo. Uh, he didn't say Tommy John surgery; he said elbow surgery. But regardless, it's ending his season. So Pax is done for the year. Oh, no, that was our first swear. No, I was so close. Bennett throwing in the swear. I think it's deserved. I mean, it, it, it really sucks to see him get injured. Um, And I even saw from, you know, a, a Yankees page that they, you know, it even sucks to they, – they shared their condolences. It, it sucks. You know, it really does. Injuries are always a thing that can hamper a career. Um. Yeah. And he's definitely I, – I have, like, the terrible feeling he's just going to be one of those guys that, like – it's not even the has-beens. It's the could-have-beens. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, yeah. So, you know, um, just hoping for the best in his recovery. I know that's got to be difficult to continue to come back from these injuries. Um, but just hoping for the best for James Paxton um, in his recovery and hope all that goes well. Um Different transactions. Anthony Mashevitz was activated from the IL. Eric Swanson was optioned to the alternate training site. Robert Duggar returned to the training site. Uh, James Paxton was transferred from the 10-day injured IL list to the 60-day injured IL list. I don't, you know, end of the season. I don't know how that works. Uh, what was it? I think it was Graveman. Graveman came out yesterday, right? Do you remember? Um Mm, yeah. Oh no! It was Margavishus. Margavishus came out. Oh, um, he, uh, he, from what I understood, he threw three wild pitches, uh, and just some didn't seem right with him. No official word just yet, but uh, that's something to monitor uh, these injuries and a uh, pitching staff is not not good. But somebody suggested that um, with the way that things are going, we might see uh, a Logan Gilbert at some point but you know we'll see i know that uh the modesto nuts i don't think we should do that i think again like like they said with uh the injuries in the outfield uh with fraley it's they don't want to derail their uh their plans with kelnick Uh, i have to get used to saying kelnick because it's not kelnick it's kelnick um they don't want to derail their plans with that so again i don't think it's something that you can just throw away. I mean, LJ Newsom came in and got his first MLB win. So good for LJ. Uh, I think you've got guys that are, can, can step up. The bullpen's been, where's the wood to knock on? The wood's been, the wood. <laughs> The bullpen's been doing their job recently. So, you know, I don't think it's, 
necessarily time yet to do that. I know that the Modesto Nuts, the Ever Aqua Sox, and the, I think, Arkansas are all playing their minor league games. So uh, I don't I don't think we'll see Gilbert uh, soon. And I don't think we need No. It's like, if there's one thing that's been impressive is that sometimes in the past, fuck, most times in the past, we've seen somebody, we, there's always been one person in the bullpen that's come out and you've just gone, oh, God, no. <laughs> like, sometimes like, that was uh, Fernando. Fernando Roddy, shoot that arrow, baby. Like, I, there's just <laughs> certain people that would come out, you just eye roll because you knew the game was over at that point. Like, even if you were ahead, you were like, well, there we go. Hmm. Uh, Nick Vincent for a while, he's good. Oh. He'd come out and just blow games, and it'd be like, oh my God. <laughs> and then, like, just, there are certain players that would come out, and then you just feel like, ah, I guess we're losing. Which is funny because Edwin Diaz has become that over in New York, sadly, after having, you know, one of the best closing seasons of ever uh, here. He went over to New York and sucks now, so whoops. Um, But this year, I feel like we don't really have that. Casey Sadler is the only person who I don't really like seeing come out, and he still does all right. He doesn't do just (laughs) He just is like, I'd much rather see Kendall Graveman right now. Uh, but then, you know, Kendall needs his rest. So, especially because he's kind of older. Um, I, I just, yeah, I think our bullpen is doing fine. I think that there's no panic. It's, with the injuries, sure. Especially with our starter pitchers that the injuries are happening to. It's kind of a little shaky. But uh, I think going forwards, it's just, yeah, staying true to the plan we already have is good. And it's, it's, I looked back to find out about that year that Edwin had 49 saves in a single season, man. Pretty ridiculous. I got, I was gifted an Edwin Diaz jersey that year and he got traded. I said, oh, okay. I wore my um, jersey on us on Sunday, uh, or not Sunday, uh, Friday as a little tip of the hat. Jeez, you know. So, uh, that was the past week for our Mariners. Uh, pretty exciting week, but obviously, you know, injuries are something to kind of detract from it. Uh, in MLB-related things, the MLB is experimenting with different rule changes in the Atlantic League of the minor leagues. Uh, these changes in- include moving the mound back a foot, a rule that would discourage teams from using an opener as well as others. Uh, the opener rule would be the double hook. Uh, it would be where the DH... Uh, is lot uh, the team will lose its DH when it takes out its starting pitcher. Uh, I thought that was a little bizarre. Wait, and then the pitcher would become the, the they would the new pitcher would take that slot. Yeah, that's so stupid. <laughs> so MLB, uh, I guess they're trying to work on some things. I don't think Manfred's a clown. He's a freaking clown. I. You can't see it, but Chuck nodded, so we're both yeah. on the same. <laughs> I, I've I've known that guy was a clown since the 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 Astros didn't get fuck all for a punishment. So you know, yeah. um, you know, so that 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 is also in part why it's also so obviously they're in the vision, but it's so good to beat those guys. Um, and then in better news, a uh, hundred plus MLB players donated their game day salary on Jackie Robinson Day to help launch the Players Alliance Scholarship Fund uh, to help those in uh, underserved communities uh, get uh, baseball uh, resources, you know, because 
if you if you played baseball at least in recent times you know that with club teams and different things and how much bats cost and gloves cost it's, it's not cheap um so that's really cool to see that happen um our upcoming slate of games uh because we're recording this uh earlier in the day on a monday um it will be the april 19th game versus the dodgers april 20th versus the dodgers and then the team will take a day off to travel to boston uh, and then play april 22nd through 26 versus no april 22nd versus the 25th versus the boston red sox and on april 26th they will go down to houston to face the astros so here is our uh homs seattle homs has your back in the loving big brother kind of way our goal is to change the mental health conversation one heart at a time. They still have over at Homs on the website. They still have some of the uh, heart puffers. I know those are limited edition release. I got mine the other day and I'm just kind of sad because we're hitting summer and it doesn't really fit to wear a puffer right now. I know that in the winter. Wear the puffer with nothing on under it. <laughs> just have that, that only morsel of warmth. Um, and the winter I'll be good. You know, when we get to fall too, but um, yeah, I know that there's still some left, so I'd go check that out. Uh, we've got it on the website here. Got the links to that. Homs Seattle. It's H O M S S E A T T L E. Go check them out. Uh, Seattle Sounders. The Sounders. It was a big past week for Seattle sports, man. Sheesh. Um, April 16th versus Minnesota United at home. They would win four to nothing after coming out and not scoring at all in the first half. Uh, the scores were Joe Paulo scored in the 49th minute. Uh, Raul Rui Diaz scored in the 70th and 73rd minute. And then Freddie Montero in his first game back with the Sounders uh, scored in the 86th minute. Player of the game has to go to Raul Rui Diaz with the two goals. I mean, three go- three minutes apart, man. Sheesh. Raul's always been a guy that's kind of been, you know, lightning in a bottle. Um, but really, really interesting to see the team just kind of come out kind of flat in the first half and then explode for four goals in the second half. Um, so getting into the team notes, uh, the team is using a two forward formation for the 2021 season to uh, work on the attack there after they, they lose Jordan Morris, uh, who's now injured. Um, and the opening game roster was announced. It includes uh, for goalkeeper, Stefan Fry, Stefan Cleveland to Stefan and Spencer Ritchie. Uh, the defenders are Xavier Ariega, who's uh, international, uh, Yamar Gomez, Andrade, who is also international, uh, Jimmy Medranda, who's dealing with injury, uh, Nuhu, uh, who's also international, Shane O'Neill, Alex Roldan, and Brad Smith. Brad Smith sporting a mostly shaven look. Not sure how I feel about it. Uh, who's also taking up an international slot. Uh, midfielders, Joss Atencio, who is a homegrown player and made his first start in uh, against Minnesota and played well. Uh, the other midfielders are rounded out by Jordy Dellum, Ethan Dubler, who is also homegrown, John Paolo, who's international slot, Denny Leva, who's homegrown, Nicholas Ladero, did not play, uh, Christian Rodon and Kellen Rowe, who's playing his first game with uh, the team after being a guy that's uh, a native of the area. Uh, forwards, Will Bruin, uh, Alfonso Ocampo Chavez, who's homegrown, Freddie Montero, Jordan Morris, who's homegrown but injured, uh, and Raul Rui Diaz. Uh, players on loan, uh, Shandon Hopau, who's with San Antonio FC, who's a homegrown player, and then Trey Muse, who's with the San Diego Loyal, uh, who was also homegrown. Uh, the Sounders traded defender Antonio Alfaro for a second-round pick and future considerations to, to D.C. United. Uh, D.C. United announced that the acquisition of defender, 
Fando. Defender Antonio Tony Alfaro on a one-year deal through 2021. Uh, as part of this acquisition, DC would send Seattle a second-round pick in the 2022 MLS Super Draft, as well as future considerations based on the performance of Alfaro to the Sanders in exchange for Alfaro's priority. Uh, big news for Raul Ruiz Diaz, as I mentioned earlier with the two goals. He got his green card, uh, which grants him permanent resident status in the United States, and he no longer takes up an international roster spot. Uh, and then lastly, uh, before we get to the next game for the Sounders, the team extended goalkeeper Stefan Fry. In a Zoom call, he announced that he has signed a contract extension with the club that will keep it in Seattle for a decent amount of time. Doesn't provide an actual uh, time there. I noticed that with the, uh, he's kind of, he, I think he's – I could be wrong, Stefan. Don't hate me. I believe he's 36. 34. 34. Uh, I was wrong. Um, but I imagine that kind of finishes out his career with Seattle. I don't know if he wants to play into his 40s, but, you know, it, it, it's interesting to me noticing the extensions with these MLS players is that I don't really get like concrete, like when the Seahawks sign buddy, some study, like after a bit, you get, you know, the contract bonus, the length obviously is always like first and foremost, the length. And then like, you know, how it's broken down the MLS they say a couple of years or a decent amount of time. I don't know how long these are. So, you know, uh, but Stefan himself said decent amount of time. So looking ahead for the Sounders, they will play April 24th at LAFC. They'll play uh, their first game on the road after being at home. Uh, Seattle Storm. I have got a lot of Storm stuff for you today. Uh, the Storm regular season schedule was announced. They will open up the season at home versus the Las Vegas Aces and get their championship rings this night. All of their home games will be played in Everett at Angela Wins Arena as Climate Pledge is still being built. Uh, and they might get games at the end of the season or playoffs, but that's up in the air for now. Um, they will not play any games at Husky Stadium, uh, Heck Edmondson Pavilion. Uh, they will play all the games in Everett. Okay, I got to get you all prepared for the list of games because there's a decent amount. Okay, May 15th versus the Las Vegas Aces at home. May 18th again at home versus the Aces. May 20th at the Minnesota Lynx. May 22nd at the Dallas Wings. May 25th versus the Connecticut Sun. May 28th versus the Minnesota Lynx. May 1st versus Indiana Fever. June 4th versus Dallas Wings. June 6th versus Dallas Wings. June 9th at Atlanta Dream. June 11th at Atlanta Dream. June 13th at Connecticut Sun. June 15th and 17th at Indiana Fever. They'll play my birthday away. How dare they? June 22nd versus the Washington Mystics. June 20, did I say 22nd? 22nd versus the Mystics, 27th at the Las Vegas Aces, July 2nd versus Atlanta Dream, July 4th at Los Angeles Sparks, July 7th versus the Los Angeles Sparks, uh, July 9th at Phoenix Mercury, July 11th versus the Phoenix Mercury at home, August 15th, uh, we jump from July 11th to the August as we see the Olympic break there, August 15th at Chicago Sky, August 18th at New York Liberty, August 20th at New York Liberty, August 22nd at Washington Mystics, August 24th at Minnesota Lynx, August 27th versus Chicago Sky, and 29th versus Chicago Sky at home, September 2nd versus the New York Liberty at home, September 7th versus the Washington Mystics, September 12th at Los Angeles Sparks, and their final game of the season is on is at home on September 17th versus the Phoenix Mercury. Whew. Uh, full slate of games there this year, not in the wobble. Um, teams will play in front of home crowds. Oh, really? Dep- it depends. I'm not, I haven't heard numbers yet. 
but they will be playing in their home stadiums and not in a wobble. Uh, there will be fans there from what I understand. It just, I, I'm sure they have to work out the numbers for each different stadium. You know what I mean? Uh, now, I'd love to go to a storm game. With my only issue is that they're up in Everett. I'm like, that is hey man, we go, we go, we go see this. We go, we go to the freaking, and we go go to Funko store. We go, we go check out Funko field, maybe catch an Aqua Sox game for $3. We could have a, we could have a full day there, Bennett. Full day, dude. We'll make Omari an Aqua Sox fan. Yeah. <laughs> Hardy doesn't know too much about baseball. Throw him into the Aqua Sox. Um, yeah, you know, I, I've definitely uh, looked at the schedule and trying to see uh, about games to go to. So that'll be something to note. Storm season announced what was holding it back for so long was that the Olympics, um, Olympic basketball had not gotten out details. So that's what was kind of holding it back. But now obviously that has dropped. Uh, the storm promoted to Lisa Ray to general manager. She had previously spent time as the assistant GM uh, started with the storm as a video coordinator in 2015 progressed to director of basketball pre- operations in 16 and then assistant GM in 2019 and wow. former general manager, Alicia Balvanis will re- remain with the storm as president and CEO. But yeah, it was interesting to me to look at, to see her start as a, a video coordinator in 15 and then make her way up to now general manager, <laughs> you know, quite the jump oh yeah um just goes to show you that's some of these positions you know there's not always just like held by top people you know sometimes it's just you got to get a foot in the door and that's what she did Uh, get that in there you know like that's 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 like that's a grind right there that's pretty cool uh and then WNBA could pursue expansion. Uh, Commissioner Kathy Engelbert said that the league could expand if the season is successful. Uh, I'm sure that means financially, you know. Uh, so just just to throw out a name or two, who do you think would be at the top of the list in terms of cities for an expansion WNBA team? Because obviously we have an idea for a WNBA, uh, no, an NBA team, that uh, city that could use an expansion team. But um it's interesting because um, Vegas has got a team, you know, Vegas seems to be a spot that always in different expansion seems to be, you know, I know they want a baseball team and I know they want a basketball team. Um, I know that uh, Portland had one a little bit ago and I saw that Portland fans would want one. Uh, uh, so I don't know. It's uh, interesting to me in thinking about it, you know, uh, I, I would highlight Portland. I think it would be cool to have a rivalry like that yeah. uh, with having them just down the coast. Um, I think uh, I think Vancouver would be kind of cool. I mean, like, the NBA has their international thing with Toronto mm-hmm. and the yeah. MLB, Ontario, not Ontario, Toronto as well. Um, I thought they did. They had Montreal at one point. Uh, but yeah, I think it'd be cool for the WNBA to maybe expand up, up to the Great White North, huh? Um, or KC. KC has like everything. Wouldn't be a bad idea to open other sports market down there in the WNBA because I mean it would get them a little more attention, get them more more traction. I think that's an area in general, like geographical area, where there's not a lot mm-hmm. of women's. I don't think there's any WNBA teams in that um, sort of midwestern region. Indiana. Oh right. Well, and still, that's pretty damn. Yeah. From uh, KC, so hmm. you raise good points. I didn't even think about international. 
Yeah, sing, I sing the Canadian national anthem right now. No, I'm kidding. Um, okay. No, no, we're in the states. But I think like it makes sense because once you have a Canadian team, that's Canada's team. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hmm. Good point, Bennett. Um, and then looking at the draft on uh, the first round, the team with the 11th pick drafted Texas A&M guard Aaliyah Wilson, which is interesting now because she would then be traded to Indiana for Kennedy Burke, uh, who's been established in the league. Um, and she reunites with uh, point guard Jordan Canada from their time at UCLA. So I was surprised by the pick of Wilson, uh, but then they traded her. So I was like, oh, it was just a trade thing. In the second round, the team drafted point guard Keanu Williams out of Stanford. Keanu Williams was my pick in the first round for this team in my mock, but I mean, I was a round off. I can't complain. Uh, Williams is Stanford's all-time three-point leader and was an integral piece in that Stanford Women's uh, March Madness Tournament Championship. Um, so uh, it's interesting. She could be the point guard of the future for this team. Obviously, they've got Jordan Canada still, but She's got she's got some great teachers to learn under in that organization with Sue Bird and the championship pedigree of this team. So right. uh, it'll be cool to see how that goes. Uh, and the second round, also the team selected forward India Jones out of Texas A and M. So they would have had two Texas A and M players, but Wilson got traded. And then the third round, uh, the team selected forward Natalie Kukowski out of Lafayette. Um, interesting name there. Uh, but the the team ended up uh, using you know all their picks all four of those picks there Uh, pretty successful draft. I mean, I remember watching it all uh, and it was cool just to see the reactions. You know, obviously if you watch the NFL draft, you see all the reactions of people and they have the the cameras in there. So that was, that was a cool thing to see. And I'm glad that ESPN uh, broadcast that and then storm overseas. uh, Oh yes. Uh, Katie Lou Samuelson new forward for the team was named to the EuroLeague all first team and Brianna Stewart was named to the all second team. And then Brianna Stewart, would win EuroLeague Final Four MVP after her team, UMMC Ekaterinburg, beat it. Uh, I almost said beat it. Wow. Wow. Beat Katie Lou Samuelson's team, Performius Veneta in the championship. Uh, so Stewie continues to add hardware to her championship. Uh, add hardware to her trophy case. I have to find the list because. I'm a little confused how that works. The what? How does the women's basketball league work? Like on your off season, you're just like allowed to go. Uh, see, because in Europe, uh, well, technically Stewie's team is in Russia, but I, I'm sure it counts. Um, oops, because they've got that off season and they play in the summer, right? Um, yeah, they've basically. I don't think there's any rules restricting them, you know. And a lot of players go over there and uh, they play with these uh, um, other players from the league and just from those from Europe as well. I know that Stewie had some, uh, Ali Quigley was on her team. Uh, Bella Ulri from the wings was on Katie Lou Samuelson's team. And there's a bunch of different players from the league yeah. um, play in the Euro league. But in talking with Jewel Lloyd, um, cause she, she spent time over there too, but she didn't this last year. Um I, I guess over there, they treat it more as a professional sport. Obviously, if you've seen any of the comment sections or the way that some people treat the WNBA, it's just... Oh, fucking sexist as shit. Yeah, there's there's still work to be done, obviously, and that's why I enjoy doing some of these interviews with the NWSL and, and w, uh, WNBA players. It's because, you know, sometimes 
there's obviously there's lack of media coverage and sometimes people just don't know who they are. So telling these stories is important to me because you know, I'm sure if you're, if you know who these people are, you're more, you're more than likely going to, uh, you're more likely to follow it. You know what I mean? So if you've got more understanding, you know, I'm sure there's more interest there. Um, but yeah, no, from what I understand is the, I think the pay is better and they get the, there's more of a following over there in Europe for that. And they get treated more like professional, uh, like a professional team, you know? So that's from what I, what I understand. Uh, but yeah, so Stewie continues to add to our hardware. I have to, okay, here's the list. Three-time consensus college national player of the year. Not bad. <laughs> Four, that's just the first one. Four-time NCAA tournament MVP, 2018 FIBA World Cup MVP, 2016 WNBA Rookie of the Year, 2018 WNBA MVP, two-time WNBA Finals MVP, 2019 EuroLeague MVP, tears her Achilles, comes back, and is the 2021 EuroLeague Final Four MVP. And th- there might have been there, there might be the more that was missed, but shit, you know. I mean, it's interesting when you think about it. I mean, if a male athlete had that pedigree, we'd be oh, he's goaded, bro. He's goaded, bro. Come on, bro. And she's only 26. Yeah, this 20 <laughs> fucking kicking ass in basketball, and why is she not a household name? That's that's why we're here, Bennett. That's why we cover these teams. That's why we cover, you know, it's it's it's, it's, it's angering, you know. It's like yeah, oh yeah, and that's why you know I I try to do my best and uh you know to you know put out the rain, put out the storm more. That's why you know like supporting financially, as you saw when we were uh, doing it. See, because folks, you won't see it, but when we record as of recently, we t- we got the cameras on. Bennett can see my mannerisms and I can see his and we can see what Omari does sometimes. Um, I've, uh, I've got the, one of the storm hoodies already. And I just got an email today that I, I bought three jerseys. Um, and I, I plan on doing so for the rainers too, because, you know, financially, you know, you can support in so many ways from watching the games and NWSL plays on Paramount plus uh, it's five bucks a month. I can put five bucks a month down, you know, financially, um, going to games, which I, I, I'm already planning on getting these guys going to a, at least a Mariners game, but I, I think we'll have to add our storm there too. Um, so, you know, that's just such a big thing is just in the media uh, doing our part to continue to cover these teams as well as being able to support them in whatever way they can. Obviously, you know, I'm not rich, but you know, I, I can, I'll do what I can here and there. So you know, it's important to continue to tell these stories and to learn more about this team. By no means am I an expert, but I'm 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 still learning. So just continue to work on it. Uh, looking ahead for the storm here, they have training camp coming up. Obviously, season starts in May, but they've got some time for that. So they'll get Stewie and Katie Lou over back from uh, Europe, uh, get everybody together, and they'll look for the season this year. And I'm excited. I really am excited. Um, you know what I'm gonna say because like I, this year I got into more I got I actually gave a shit about the NBA for maybe the first time in like five years so I, I sat down and watched a decent amount of Blazers games basketball. Yeah. and the last season and then most of this season I've been keeping track of the games um, so I mean why not do it for this why not do it for the storm so yeah I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited it's another sport to watch so I'm into it and then 
I tried to look up because um, normally they play theirs on I think it's channel 13 for us around here locally uh, but there's WNBA league pass and I don't know if it changes during the season but at least right now it's five bucks <laughs> I can pay five bucks for a league pass for a year or for a month I, I don't it might change um, I all it says when I looked it up it said five dollars so I'll, I'll keep an eye on that but like I said, please go support these women. You know, it's the least we can do. You can see how much that, you know, money gets put into these other leagues, you know, so. And Seattle, <clears throat> uh, Seattle's a championship town, mostly in part because of the storm. Yeah, they've won the most titles in this city. So, you know, um, obviously some teams are still looking for that title, but, you know. um i don't have an official uh word for maestro yet but i know that they released a really cool hoodie um it it says maestro but it's got different letters from uh, our seattle teams and uh from the area and i got one of them uh i know that they've got some sizes available Uh, it's m-a-e-s-t-r-o athletics go check them out Uh, they've got some cool sonic shorts as well um jp crawford had them on he was able to get in contact with JP, so that was pretty cool. So, yeah, and uh, check them out, folks. I think they 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 have some really cool stuff. I mean, like yeah, whatever sport you like in Seattle, they got something that'll you know catch your eye. And I mean, I I don't wear a lot of sports stuff. I usually keep myself to a Seahawks hat and call it a day. But I looked at their stuff and I, I liked a whole lot of it, and I'm going to purchase a uh, probably a hat. I, I'm a big hat guy, so. But and speaking of those hats, they they have a, a series where they took some of the logos and flipped them upside down. One of them is that that uh, cranker cranker. Wow, Kraken anchor logo. There you go. Which is a good. I, I'm sorry, I said cranker and I said beaded today. <laughs> I'm on a roll today, guys. Um, Kraken, uh, no news for them today. Uh, just that he, something to note is that the expansion draft is in July on the 21st. Um, they're using all electric Zambonis, all electric everything, everything, oh. uh, the reclamation for the ice. It, it's very green. We've known it's going to be a green team, but they're very that's the climate pledge arena name, yeah. which some people aren't a fan of, but you know, it doesn't sound cool, but Neither it's does- cool that they're doing it. Yeah. Uh, I know that they laid they laid the concrete in the rinks up at Northgate, so that's something to note. So we'll get Bennett out there for broomball. I'll kick yep. Bennett's ass in broomball. I don't. I still have no. <laughs> Maybe we'll try curling. Um, and then as we get to the OL rain, they played their first game of the Challenge Cup on the 16th versus the Dash. They would draw nil uh, nil. Uh, play of the game was Leia Pruitt. Leia Pruitt, uh, good on the attack here with four shots and two shots on goal. Couldn't convert them, but I mean, it's the first game, you know, shaking some things out. Uh, and then in team news, just today, actually, the team signed uh, French international goalkeeper Sarah Buhadi and German international midfielder Zenifer Marozan on loan from Olympic Lioness. And if you don't know, Olympic Lioness actually owns OL Reign. Um, oh. So they signed them from oh, Olympic Lioness Feminine, which is their female team over back east. Uh, I say back east like it's on the East Coast, back in Europe, um, which is, is it got some people pretty excited. But it's it, again, it's interesting to me because now the team has Ella Diedrich, Karen Bardsley, Cosette Morche, um, Fallon Joyce, Valentilis Joyce, and um, 
Sarah Bohati. It's five goalkeepers. Um, so it's interesting to see how that'll shake out. Um, but then with these two players alone, uh, we'll commence at the end of OL's 2020-2021 season and run through December 2021. Looking ahead for our reign here, the ladies in white and blue will take on the Portland Thorns on April 21st at Providence Park and in Portland. So in case you didn't know, Seattle and Portland soccer gets pretty heated. So something to note, like I said, they will be playing on Paramount Plus Everybody's got their streaming service nowadays, but you know, five bucks. I can throw out five bucks a month. Um, <clears throat> so that'll be interesting to note. Second game of the Challenge Cup. Uh, they put up a really good performance in Houston. Obviously, there's no goals to show for it, but they, they fought pretty hard uh, against a playoff team last year. So, uh, Supersonics, <sighs> cricket, uh, Dragons, cricket. Um, okay, there is a lot of UW stuff to note. So, Bennett can go and make a snack here if he wants uh the end oh well ncaa changed its transfer rule both basketball and football players will be able to transfer once before graduating without having to sit out a year that's always a big thing for transferred people uh that they had to sit out uh, and the ncaa announced that all division one sports are to return to their regular recruiting calendars beginning on june 1st uh men's basketball i do have some positive things for men's basketball do not worry it's not all bad uh, class of 2022 player Tyler Linhart committed to UW. He's a three-star 6'7 forward from Kings who announced his verbal commitment to Washington over schools such as Eastern Washington, Boise State, Washington State, and Portland. He had interest from Gonzaga, Stanford, Oregon State, and others. He is the reigning 1A player of the year. The team added uh, Wyking Jones to the coaching staff as an assistant. Uh, Jones brings 15 years of a coaching experience to the Husky bench. Mostly, re- most recently being head coach for the University of California. Uh, the bad news is that Marcus Sohonis, uh, a key player from last year, transferred to Virginia Commonwealth University. Uh, best of luck to Mr. Sohonis there. And then the last piece uh, from the men's team is that Emmett Matthews Jr. announced his official transfer to the home state Huskies, to his home state Huskies after spending three years at West Virginia. Uh, he's a six-seven forward. Uh, so after losing like eight people, the team is adding guys. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how this upcoming season shakes out. The only women's basketball news I have for you is a bad piece is that Quay Miller transferred to university of Colorado. Um, a more positive note, I'm not giving the baseball team a bad rap this year. They won four games, all four of the games they played April 13th at the Portland pilots. They would win six to four. Player of the game was shortstop Roman Ramon Bramasco with three hits, two runs, and a walk. April 16th versus Texas State, the first of a three game series. They would win 10 to five. Player of the game was right fielder Christian Jones with two hits, one run, three RBIs. April 17th versus Texas State, they would win six to three. Shortstop Ramon Bramasco again, player of the game with four hits, one run, and one RBI. And then April 18th versus Texas State, they would win two to one. Player of the game was Center fielder slash left fielder. I guess he switched throughout the game. Uh, Cole Miller with one hit, one run, and one RBI. That one hit would be a home run that would go 377 feet. The team record is now 15 and 16, but they are still last in the Pac 12. Uh, they will go on the road to play April 20, 20th at Gonzaga, and then April 23rd, 24th, and 25th at Stanford. Softball. Um, April 6th, they would play a four game series against number four ranked Oregon. 
Um, the first game on the 16th, they would win eight to nothing in five innings. Player of the game is split between shortstop Sis Bates with two hits, two runs, one RBI, and one walk. And pitcher Gabby Plain. We'll get to Gabby Plain in a minute. Um, uh, April 17th versus Oregon, they would win four to two. Player of the game, Sis Bates, one hit, two RBIs, and one walk. This is the first of a two game double, he- uh, double header that day. The second one, they would lose uh, one to 10 in five innings. Player of the game was left fielder Sammy Reynolds with one hit, one run, and our, uh, one walk. And then April 18th versus number four. Again, I messed up, and this is not in my notes. Let me fix that. I will take a quick look here. But, um, yeah, I have to mention Sis Bates, in, uh, not Sis Bates, uh, Gabby playing here in a minute because she's on a real tear. She's 23-0 and 0 with <laughs> – yeah, it's pretty damn good. Um, let me pull up that Oregon score here. I apologize for this. Normally, I've got these all set up. Um, but I missed this one because there's more Husky news. Uh, some Another team had some pretty important games. Um, so here we go. Okay. Apologies. Uh, they would win 6-1. to one. Uh, on the 18th versus Oregon, winning three out of four of those games against the number four ranked team in the nation. Um, here we go. Boopity boop. Um, oh, this is tough. I'll, I'll split it again. Uh, shortstop Sis Bates with two hits, one run, and one RBI. And then the same exact stat line for left fielder Sammy Reynolds with two hits, one run, and RBI. Gabby uh, Plan would come and pitch in relief. Uh, for five and a third innings and would extend her record to 23 and oh, if we just take a look here to Gabby Plain and her stats, uh, as she won, well, that was last week. She won a uh, player pitcher of the week. Let's just, um, she's a senior this year. Uh, give me the stats. I want the stats. The UW athletics website is failing me right now. Uh, I don't want hitting stats, obviously. Uh, 16, she had six, uh, a season high, 16 strikeouts, uh, versus Arizona. Um, she had a no hitter on the 28th of February at San Diego trying to get a, just, uh, is this this year? Yeah. Okay. So ERA, where is it? Dang it. I hate this. I just want her ERA. Oh yeah. Her ERA is 0.93. So, uh, Gabby Plain very happy to have her i guess she learned how to pitch at the age of 13 hmm? you think when teams see that she's about to that they're about to play her they're just like fuck i imagine they're, so you know just, 23 and oh man Shit. and i'm not even talking like all right ladies we're playing gabby playing this week get a get your swings right do you think they just like they're like we're just gonna oh, lose shit. <laughs> like i'm not even gonna try this week phone it in ladies let's just not even let's not even fucking do it i don't care she's been such a huge part of this team's success uh you know the team sits at 34 and 6 and 23 of those games she's won so you know Are you kidding me that um, is ridiculous oh shoot i kind of dropped the ball here I did. Uh, I was too busy. Volleyball had a big week. So that's why I, I guess I did not update it. Uh, upcoming schedule for our women this week uh, on the softball field. Um, they will go on the road to play UCLA uh, 20, April 23rd, 24th, uh, twice on the 24th, and then the 25th, uh, all at UCLA. So that is the upcoming week for the softball team. 
uh, the men's team would play at number nine Stanford, the men's soccer team, sorry, at number nine Stanford uh, to decide the Pac-12. They would lose zero to one in overtime. Um, but upcoming, they will play in the NCAA tournament uh, for Division One soccer um, in North Carolina. They are ranked seven nationally and will play Grand Canyon University on May 2nd at 1 p.m. Is it Grand Canyon University an online university? No, I think you're thinking of. Uh... See, I kind of remember them as like that because because I've no, I remember I got uh, I got letters from them in senior year because they wanted me to go there. I was like, I'm okay. No Grand Canyon for me. Grand Canyon cool to look at, not to go to school at. Um, now I don't think you do classes there. I well, yeah. <laughs> 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 school in the canyon for today guys school in the canyon teach can we go, professor can we can we take classes in the canyon today it's so nice outside you no no you get those guys in your class like can we do class outside today shut up no i have allergies tom uh, yeah to what the rocks yeah. yes oh okay um the women's soccer team uh their last game April 16th at Washington State ended in a draw. Uh, and then in their NCAA tournament, they will play Liberty either on April 27th or 28th. That is still to be determined. And then... Hmm? It's a dumb joke. It's a big fan of their insurance. Like Liberty. Oh, yeah. You're... All right. We're going to kick out Bennett for today. No. Uh, and then the volleyball team. This is where a lot of the excitement was. Uh, April 15th versus Dayton, they would win 3-2. to two. Freshman Maddie Ensley shined with 20 kills. April 18th versus number 11, Louisville. They had to come back and win that game 3-2. to two. And then April 19th versus Pittsburgh, they played this game just a few hours ago. Um, and they would beat Pittsburgh 3-2 to two after being down 2 to nothing. And then if you're not catching on with the scores, it's best of five. And they were down 2 to nothing. They had their backs against the wall, and they won three straight to beat Pittsburgh Reverse and, nice. Um, so I was I was worried because they were down two to nothing. I had the game on my phone. I was like, "Well, shoot, you know, big comeback against Louisville." Um, but they they came back and they really showed it off. Uh, play of the game for that was Sam Drexel with 17 kills and 11 digs. Uh, the team pulled off these two huge comebacks to advance to the Final Four for the fifth time in UW history. Uh, and then other news from the week. Junior LMA Powell won the Pac-12 Setter of the Year Award. Head coach Keegan Cook named Pac-12 Coach of the Year. Uh, Samantha Drexel, Claire Hoffman named the All-Pac-12 team. Lauren Sanders and Maroon Grote were named as honorable mentions. And then Maddie Ensley was named to the seven-player Pac-12 All-Freshman team. Um, so they will play on the 22nd of the month versus the winner of the Purdue and Kentucky game for a chance in the title game. So <clears throat> that's a lot of news, boys. Uh, and girls and all those who identify as other things. Um, man, that's a lot of stuff. So as you can tell, we're really getting into the start of things. I mean, the Sounders just started their season. The Mariners are underway. The Seahawks are still in the off season. Uh, the Storm are looking at preseason. The Rain are in their preseason. Um, Kraken are, you know, they're still kind of waiting. They're not technically officially a team yet because I think they still have to complete their uh, expansion fee. And I don't think that's happened quite yet. Um, a lot of these UW teams are getting towards the end of their season. Obviously, the volleyball teams in the tournament. Uh, volley, uh, softball is still going strong. Um, 
So yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. We will have the draft preview for you next week for the Seattle Sea Chickens. Seahawks, sorry. Oh. Um, more Mariners stuff, more Sounders stuff. It's all coming together, folks. Um, so uh, also, I think we talked about it last week. Yeah. Um, we Yeah, I think I had you talk about it. We started the Untitled Comic Podcast. Um, that The uh, Omari hiatus also applies to that. As Bennett would say, uh, that was Omari's baby. But for the time being, we've taken it and we're, we're, we're doing a good job of watching it over. Uh, first episode came out, uh, was it on Friday or Saturday? I think it was Saturday. Uh, it came out Saturday. Yeah. Uh, and then, so, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier's coming to an end here. But, I mean, this this year there's no lack of stuff to follow. Um and then still kind of working on stuff for I've got a bad feeling about this. There's kind of a lack of Star Wars information coming out lately. And um, um, I'm dropping an episode probably Monday night. So as of this recording, uh, as of when this episode comes out, the episode will have come out yesterday. Um, oh. <laughs> I'm dropping the clone episode. It's just we're, we're well, there's not a lot to talk about. No. So, um, you know, we just got some random blabbery things going on, and and we'll we'll have stuff soon for that. So if you're a fan of that show and you're waiting for that show, soon. Uh, but I would I would say I'd recommend you to check out uh, Untitled because it's um, it's got the same vibe. I'd say. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like like Ben was saying, there's not too much to talk about Star Wars wise, and that's why it was that's one of the reasons why it was time to start the Marvel one. Um. So yeah, you can find um, Untitled Comic Podcast, and I've got about a bad feeling about this on all the things, all the platforms you can find this on. Um, yeah, man, there's a lot of stuff going on, and that's we're here covering it all. So I won't say the thing Bennett told me not to say, and we will be back next week on the 27th of April, hopefully with our friend Omari-san. Uh, Bennett, make the funny noise right about now. Baba Booey.